We are the paradoxical ape. Bipedal, naked, large-brained. Long the master of fire, tools, and language, but still trying to understand ourselves. Aware that death is inevitable, yet filled with optimism. We grow up slowly. We hand down knowledge. We empathize and deceive. We shape the future from our shared understanding of the past. Carta brings together experts from diverse disciplines to exchange insights on who we are and how we got here. An exploration made possible by the generosity of humans like you. The earliest questions we humans have asked ourselves include Who are we? What are we doing here? Where did we come from? How did we get here? And where are we going? Two of these questions, where did we come from? How did we get here? Define anthropogeny. Anthropogeny is the scientific quest to explain the origins of humans. And it relies on many different disciplines, the input from the humanities, the biological sciences, engineering and computing sciences, physical and chemical sciences, biomedical sciences, and of course, social sciences. CARTA, the Center for Academic Research and Training in Anthropogeny, is led by a team of scientists, including Caterina Semendeferi from UCSD Anthropology, Gerald Joyce from the Salk Institute, Rachel Mayberry from UCSD, Alison Mortry from UCSD as well, and myself. I'd like to start by thanking our major sponsors, Annette Merle Smith, the Varkey family, and anonymous donors, as well as many of our benefactors and patrons that through their generous donations continue to make all our programs accessible and available free to people around the world. I'd like to mention special thanks for uh, providing uh, the closed captioning to Ingrid Bernerske Perkins and Gordon Perkins. And of course, I invite all of you to become a Carter supporter today. This program is only possible thanks to the efforts of the CARTA staff, Jesse Roby, Linda Nelson and Lindsay Hunter, as well as Kate Kaya and Vish Nandingam from the San Diego Supercomputer Center, and the UCTV crew, Jay Brown, Matt Aliotto, Marcy Bretz, Keith Upton and Michael Weber. If you enjoy today's program, you can actually revisit many of the existing almost 400 talks over the years that have been produced in a similar way and those are all available for free a gigantic library of presentations under this link 
It's now my pleasure to introduce uh, Terry Sainovsky and Patricia Churchland, our two co-chairs. Uh, Terry Sainovsky of the Salk Institute for Biological Studies and UC San Diego will um, chair the first part of this symposium. And so with this, I hand over to Terry. Thanks, Pascal, for that introduction. On behalf of CARTA, I would like to welcome you to a symposium that Patricia Churchland and I have organized on artificial intelligence and anthropogeny. Our focus in this symposium is on the biological basis of language, its origins in sensory motor control and social cognition. Language has been a theme that has been featured at many CARTA meetings. Language is unique to our species and its origin is central to human origins. Artificial intelligence has recently caught the attention of the public with ChatGPT, a large language AI model that can talk to us. The sometimes surprising responses from ChatGPT has raised a debate on the nature of intelligence and understanding and their relationship to language. ChatGPT is at the very beginning of its evolution and we don't yet know what else it might be capable of someday. GPT stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer. Generative means that the neural network model actively generates text rather than passively responding to stimuli as in a network that performs image recognition. Pre-trained means that the same trained network can perform many different language tasks and in this sense is a general language model. And what is a transformer? Very mysterious. There's an interesting parallel between the architecture of transformers uh, that are used in GPT and the architecture of our brains. So let me take you to this slide where on the left side, we see the architecture of a transformer, which I'll go through in a moment. And on the right, a model, a very uh, simple reconstruction of the parts of your brain that are involved in generating sequence of words or in fact, uh, more generally, sequences of actions. So here, uh, the, the, as we see in the transformer, that there are two parts, there's an encoder and a decoder. Uh, when you make a query, when you have a prompt, when you want to give it an example, uh, you send it into the encoder and it, it is injected into the decoder. Now the decoder, uh, this is just one of the levels in the hierarchy, but what it does is it takes the input and then through a feed-forward series of stages, uh, generates an output word. Now, the decoder was trained uh, to predict the next word in a, a sentence uh, from a huge amount of data, a, a large corpus of text from the internet and many other places. And so it, it, it gets very, very good at predicting the next word. And in fact, when it, when it outputs a word, the next predicted word from uh, your query, uh, that goes back into the input and as you see, will we'll then circulate through this loop, generating word after word after word. And, and that's how it works. So that, that's, that's the transformer. Now let's look at your, your brain. Now your brain is very complicated and, and this is just showing two parts of it, the cerebral cortex on the top. And you can see now an area called the basal ganglia on the bottom. Now, the, the cerebral cortex has areas in it, and in, in one particular has a motor uh, cortex section here that's shown uh, in, in these colors. Different parts of the body are represented on different parts of the cortex, and there's a in particular, there's a laryngeal section there, 
which uh, projects down to the basal ganglia. And the basal ganglia then uh, takes input, not just from the motor cortex, actually from the whole cortex, but then makes a decision about the next word and then sends it back up to the motor cortex that then launches a, a your vocal tract into uh, producing that word. And then over and over again, in fact, this is what's happening right now as I speak. Uh, it's circulating through this loop and generating word after word after word. So that's the, the parallel here. You, you see, it's really quite remarkable in some ways that, uh, that it uses a loop, first of all, as, a, as the engine for generating sequences. But, uh, in fact, the, uh, there are many differences. Uh, for example, uh, transformers are not like normal brains. State-of-the-art transformers are like human amnesics who are unable to form new long-term memories. Like the famous patient H.M., who had his hippocampus resected because of epilepsy when he was in high school, and thereafter lived in an eternal present as a high school student, never being able to update his long-term memory. Transformers don't have goals, uh, except perhaps from what they have gleaned from human goals uh, from their training on a massive amount of text. And finally, and this is really the, the, the crucial one uh, that really separates us from them. Uh, the transformer never sees sensory input. The only input it's ever gotten is text. It, it can't see, it can't hear, and it can't move. It's just simply a language model. And furthermore, they're not autonomous. Transformers depend on the care and feeding from humans. And this requires a prodigious amount of energy uh, you know, every time you use it, uh, you're using up computer time and computer energy in the cloud. So I hope you'll find these talks as stimulating and revealing as it was for Patricia Churchland and me when we organized the topics in this symposium. Today's speakers will bring you up to date on cutting edge research in language and cognition. We look forward to answering your questions in the final session of this symposium.